Today's reading is from Galatians chapter 2. We know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through the faith in Jesus Christ. We have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. But if in our efforts to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have been found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. But if I build against build up again the very things that I once tore down, then I demonstrate that I am a transgressor. For the law I had died to the law, so that I might live in God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. The word of the God. The word of God. Thanks, Kennedy. Grace to you and peace from God and from Jesus. So 800 years ago, there was an ambitious man who lived in Europe, and he set out to describe the Christian faith once and for all. This man, whose name is St. Thomas Aquinas, worked for nine years reading the Bible and praying and writing this slim volume right here um, that attempts to use logic and reason and philosophy to systematize and build up what Christianity is and why we believe the things what we, that we do and to make it make sense for everyone once and for all. He named it the sum of all theology. And he did a really good job. 800 years later, college students and seminarians are still reading him. He was so good that when the Roman Catholic Church made him a saint and they couldn't find a miracle he'd done, they said his theology was the true miracle. That's how good this guy was at what he did. But something happened near the end of Thomas's life. He was praying one day, and as he was doing so, suddenly there before him, he had a vision of Jesus in splendor and glory. And after he saw this mysterious vision, he couldn't write another word. His 3,500-page work remains unfinished, and St. Thomas said, everything that I have written is straw compared to what I have seen. His attempts to understand and explain God still fell short of the wonder and freedom of God actually showing up in his life. His attempts to build up his faith in God were torn down when he actually encountered God. He had learned a lot, but his true joy came when he was forced to unlearn it. I think about that today. What if faith is not so much about learning, but unlearning? 
What if faith is not the set of ideas and beliefs that we seek to build up, but something that tears those beliefs and ideas down? Today's scripture is not easy to read. It's dense and confusing and filled with loaded words like justify and faith and law and grace. Here's what's going on in today's scripture. Paul, the author, he thought he knew how to follow God. He obeyed the laws that God gave. He prayed. He worshiped regularly. He punished those who acted differently. But one day, Paul heard God speak to him, and God led him to a follower of Jesus, and suddenly Paul witnessed God moving in people who followed the Bible's laws and also in people who didn't follow the Bible's laws. And he heard God's good news coming from the mouths of people with a lot of training and education and status and authority. And he also heard God's good news coming from the nobodies of society who were the first to follow in the way of Jesus. And because of his experience of God's wideness, he had to unlearn everything he knew. He had to tear down his assumptions. And that unlearning, that tearing down, that was the beginning of his true faith. He's writing about that here. And what he's saying to the church in Galatia, who he's writing to, is that when you think about faith as something that you build up and cling to tightly and hold on to, God's probably going to knock that faith over. God's going to tear that stuff down. Because God is bigger and wider and better than any one idea about God we hold on to. Paul has found that faith isn't something we have, it's something we do. Faith is a process, and that process of faith is a daily dying and rising again. The things you die to are the assumptions you make about God and other people and the world and yourself that turn out to be untrue. And what you rise to is a more rich and complex and beautiful understanding of yourself and other people and this world. And yes, God, faith is unlearning. Faith is tearing it down. To quote scripture from this morning, Paul says, If I build up the very things that I had once torn down then I demonstrate that I am a transgressor. It's building a wall around your beliefs to protect them from the world. That's the sin here. Faith is the thing that tears those walls down around you and opens you up to look for God out in the world. Today is Confirmation Day. And I remember being really nervous and feeling like an imposter when I was confirmed because I didn't know what I believed about God and Jesus and the Bible. 
And you know, 16, 17 years later, I still don't know what I believe about God and Jesus and the Bible because I'm still learning and unlearning every day. That's what faith is. And here's the thing about confirmation is that we are not asking any, 30, or any of the 31 of you to get on board with a specific set of beliefs about God for all time. What we're asking you to do here today is to commit to keep struggling in the community of the church to figure out what it is that you actually believe. We're asking you to continue in the practices and the habits that tear down those walls around you and send you in search of where God is calling you. In a few minutes, I'll ask these confirmands if they intend to continue on this pro process of living out their baptism, and I'll do it with these words. Do you intend to live among God's faithful people, hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed to serve all people following the example of Jesus and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Those five things, not one of them is asking you to believe something about God for all time. And in fact, engaging in these five things will most likely be the very things that tear down the assumptions you make about God and yourself and the world. Each one of our confirmands wrote I believe statements today. You can read them in your bulletin, and they're good, and they're wonderful and true, and I'm learning from you, confirmands, about God. But if the 31 of you continue to engage in those practices I just listed of coming to church, wrestling with scripture, forming relationships, and acting for justice, I guarantee that in five years, what each of you would write as an I believe statement will be different than what you've written down this morning. That's kind of the point. God is alive and in this world, and your experience and twists and turns of your life will shape how you understand God and yourself. And God will be there with you, helping you by tearing down those assumptions and setting you free from the expectations you carry from, that keep you from finding where God is calling you. I spoke with a Mount Olivet member earlier this week. Like many Mount Olivet members, she is busy being a mom. And like many parents, she has dreams and expectations for her child, schedule filled with activities that give life, success in school, admission to a good college, a prominent career. Those dreams and expectations have been called into question by the reality that her teenager lives with severe mental illness. And there's real grief and worry and struggle in that, and I don't want to diminish any of that here. 
But what she said to me about her life the other night was so striking. She said, I was talking about mothering with this group of moms I'm friends with, and they were all naming the pressures they were feeling. Would their kid make varsity? How much SAT prep should they invest in? Was it ever too early to start touring college? And what would their child's career look like? And she said, I suddenly realized I didn't fit in there anymore because success for my child looks like being able to live independently at all and hold down any kind of job that pays a fair wage. And she said that in that moment, for the first time since the mental illness became a reality, she felt freedom because she no longer needed to worry about those false expectations she had been putting on her kid. She said, I was free to live my journey and be a mother in my situation. That's what faith does. That's what faith looks like. It tears down the things that keep us from embracing the life that God is placing before us. Faith tore down this woman's expectations about the life she thought she'd be leading and allowed her to receive the life she found herself living with grace. May God do the same for each one of you. Amen.